Hi, I'm Georgette Pierre, and you're listening to Black and Nuance Podcast, dispelling the idea that all black people are monoliths because we're not. My guests and I bring our varying perspectives to pop culture, relationships, and things we go through that we can't always name. Welcome to Black and Nuance. Shout out to um, Excitement Radio and highly unique SoFlow in South Florida for holding me down and distributing my podcast. Okay, so Insecure Season 4 finale went down on Sunday night. And I was just like, ah, let me squeeze it in. I got to get this episode in. Just so you all know, I've been rolling out visual episodes with the visual extension of my podcast called Black and Nuance in HD. And so they've been filling in the blanks until I decided to come back in and record a new episode. And I had to to do it for Insecure Season 4. I brought my fellow co-hosts or guest co-hosts back, Stephanie and Chris. We had deliberated on the first half of season four, and I brought them back like I said I would to deliberate on season four finale. So here is my conversation with Stephanie and Chris about our thoughts on the season finale and some different dynamics, and then even our season five predictions. Welcome to Black and Nuance podcast. I am George Pierre, your host, and I have Chris and Stephanie back on with me. Because I said there's always room to talk about Insecure. Right now, I've been rolling out visual episodes or visual, yes, visual episodes of my podcast. And I've been calling it Black and Nuanced in HD. But I had to come back on to do season four finale for Insecure. Five episodes ago, Stephanie and Chris were on with me. And we're like, we're going to come back when the season finale hits. And it actually just hit this week. Stephanie and Chris, welcome back. Thanks for having us. I'm so happy to be back. This is like my home. Thanks, Georgia. <laughs> I love that. Oh, I love that. Okay, Stephanie, starting with you, just give the, the people a quick introduction. I am Stephanie. <laughs> I am a PR and marketing strategist um, out here in LA. That's it. Living through these strange times. And Chris? I'm I'm Christopher, Chris, whatever you want to call me, Chris Factor, all of those things. And I am a marketing and media professional. Awesome. It's so funny because your intro was completely different than the last time you introduced yourself. Oh, Chris, out here looking clean. What did I say? I don't remember. You said something else. Oh, hey. I'm here for I, it. That I, was think it was, that. I think it was the same. You think it was, it was the same thing? I thought it was the I same think, thing. I feel like he media. went to like promotions and media blah, 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 and curating in New York. He just, he just gave us a deeper. I think it's all encompassing, right? Marketing, media. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Um, I'm over here looking at Chris because Stephanie won't let us see her. I'm over here looking at Chris looking so damn fresh and so clean, clean. No, you <laughs> looking like the uh, Mr. Clean Man. Mr. I feel, I know, I feel like Chris got, um, went to the barber. I got my toes done. We're recording this on Tuesday. I went and got my toes done. I I had to, my mom was like, so-and-so was open. I was like, okay, mommy, I'm traveling. So let's do it. I got to get these, these, these toes done. They haven't been done in like three months. Oh, so what you say? You had some talents going on there? Well, no, they weren't bad, but I was like, if I'm going to travel to go somewhere, let me at least get my feet done. (laughs) I feel you. I listen, I'm glad I can do everything myself. I don't need to do it. I haven't been Absolutely. to a barber in a while. I cut all, I cut my hair myself. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. Okay, y'all. So before we jump into Insecure season finale, I really want to quickly talk about a couple of different things to still keep it lighthearted. Um, I fucking love Chappelle. And Chappelle released a 27-minute clip, or there was a 27-minute clip of, I don't even know the special, but it was called 846 because that is um, the, the length of time that, I'm not even going to call this officer's name, that he had his knee on George. Murder. Murder, right, murderer on George Floyd's neck. And 
Chappelle is just such a great storyteller to me. Whether you think he's crass, whether you think he's offensive, he just connects the dot in all walks of life and, and the, the dots that he was connecting. And in short, he was basically talking about how 846 was the time that he was born. Mm-hmm. And it was just all these ominous things. But did y'all watch it? I just wanted to get yep. your quick thoughts about it. Definitely watched it. Yeah, okay. I, I, yeah. I watched it. I watched it. Stephanie, what were your thoughts? Yeah. Um, I appreciate it. Uh, I appreciate it. Um, Netflix is a joke. It's a comedic festival. And he gave his time to shine light on a real issue. Um, so I, I liked it. But at the same time, I thought it would have been even more impactful uh, if Black women were also mentioned. Uh, just so you wouldn't feel like erased in a sense. Mm, okay um, interesting yeah you know so being i guess having been a Chappelle fan for such a long time i don't think i didn't look at it from that perspective i definitely hear your perspective uh though stephanie but i just looked at it from a perspective of he was dealing with this specific thing because as you can imagine i mean he's looking at it for that was the final straw that triggered everything else it was it was that that triggered every. Even though Brianna Taylor happened in 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 March, and prior to that, Ahmaud Arbery, and of course we've had Sandra Bland, and now now recently we have Toyin Salau, uh, uh, who is you know 19 year old murdered, yeah, you know, um, by by this sick uh, son of a bitch who you know, excuse my French, but he just like it, it just. It infuriates me. And so I get I get what you're saying, because I, and, and I think we're going to touch on this. I know we probably talked about this earlier, is that a lot of times I think the perception is that black men are not doing the most that they should be doing for black women and to protect them, to speak their name, to to be there, to surround them and and, and uplift them. And I, I, I definitely didn't get that energy from the the show. I just think it was just the tie in. No, the I didn't get that, that energy they, either. His, uh, you know. Yeah, I think she was saying it as like a cliff note, like you know, it would be also be nice to mention the other things. And granted, he did yeah. record it, but I think I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, Breonna Taylor had had to happen before George Floyd. And so, yeah, maybe. yeah. So I think that. Yeah, I think Stephanie was looking at it as a cliff note, but yeah, I hear you. I, I hear both of you. I just, I'm probably going to watch it again because Chappelle is just. I just, I just love how he just tells his stories, man. Like he's just. He's so good with it. So I will pay money to go see him again. I can't, I can't wait till the world. Would you pay like the last time? Don't do me like that. Don't do me. <laughs> but the, so yeah, here's the gag. Remember when, when they had the, the, the other show and it was like $50 or $100 or something so like that? Oh, that's the gag. So my girlfriend and I, shout out to Jereen. We went to go see Sticks and Stones. We didn't know it was Sticks and Stones, but it was on Broadway. So he had done like a slew of shows right. across the country, but where it was actually taped for Netflix was in Atlanta. So he basically told us uh, the people that paid like a thousand plus dollars, all this money mm-hmm. to sit in the front row. He was like, y'all could have flew to Atlanta, paid for $50 tickets to see the same fucking show. Like he said yeah. it just like that. Yeah. And the theater was laughing, but it was true. We were like, damn, like my girlfriend and I paid like 250 and we were like, row triple z right like (laughs) but we it was so cool it was so cool so anyway i wanted to get y'all quick thoughts on um chappelle's 846 um okay so y'all insecure season four finale where i want to begin is the ending of season one when they dropped bj the chicago kids uh i think it's called heart 
Oh, shit. What the hell is the damn song called now, y'all? Hold on. I'm going to come back and say this again. This is my heart. Heart crush. There we go. Oh, yeah. I remember that song. Yeah. So at the end of season one, yeah. BJ the Chicago Kid's song, Heart Crush. And that's the first time I got introduced to BJ the, BJ the Chicago oh, really? Kid. Oh, okay. oh my gosh. Yeah. And I, I fucking rode him out and I met him when I moved to Miami. Anywho, nonetheless, I feel like I have to start. I'm going to play it in the background, but I feel like I have to start the, the this episode with that song because I feel like that's how everyone felt at the end of the season four finale. Yeah. People's feelings were crushed yeah. because of what happened. So let's start with the first piece of this. Molly and Andrew. Molly and Andrew. That was heavy within itself because we felt like Molly was on the rails and Issa called her out at the block party. But she said, if this shit is fucked up because of you, I mean, she said, if this shit ends, it's going to only because be, be because of you. And Andrew finally, finally, finally said something to Molly. Mm -hmm. When she kept saying no to what she wanted. And I actually felt a little triggered, y'all. Because I feel like I've been Molly, right? I've been the one that would say no to not doing the things that I want. But expect you to say yes to doing the things that I want. And in the quickest moment, she wanted to double back and say like, no, 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 no. Like, what do we need to do to make this work? I don't understand how to make this happen. I'm going to start with you, Chris. What were your thoughts about Molly and Andrew? So to me, I was, I was very relieved to see Andrew like just mm. vocal and, you know, say how he felt because I really genuinely, I was feeling the same way Andrew was feeling. Like I was like, I was like Molly's boyfriend and on some like, for real, like you not gonna, you know, why aren't you hearing and understanding everything that else, everything else that's going on? It's more, Molly has this thing where it's about me, right? It's, and it's always been that way. And I, I, I like Molly. Like, you know, even though I think the last time I went through this back and forth, I had this love-hate relationship with Molly because, you know, I like her, but then I don't like her sometimes because of the things that the self her selfish ways. And I felt like it was very important that he pointed that out to her. And I'm hoping that she sees it. And of course, you know, we'll delve deeper into the episode in terms of what happened, but hoping that she realizes that it's not about you all the time. And it's got to be it's 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 a relationship. So the two people have to invest their time in it. And, you know, it, it was necessary. And and so I'm glad that he spoke up. Uh, we'll see what happens if, if they stay together or they break up. But, you know, um, it, it was it, it was important that he, he speak his mind. Yeah, I think there's I think, you know, the theme with Molly and Andrew, I think there's some some insecurity um, and there's some some even. I mean, like, to be honest, y'all, and then Stephanie, we'll go to you. I've just been romanticizing about different things and processing different things, watching season four through everyone's different relationships, right? Yeah. And so, like, seeing Molly really wanting something to work out, and this guy's trying, and then she doesn't get it no. until the end. That was like, ah, heart crush. Okay, Stephanie, go ahead. Your thoughts. To me, it didn't seem like Molly was as invested in the relationship it seemed like she was more so 
hung up on making sure it worked. Like she had something to appear nice to on the outside to everyone else. Like that's the vibe I was getting from her the, throughout the whole season. And Andrew, like he did bend over backwards for her. And like the situation with her not wanting to see his brother, it's like she didn't even try. So I like mm-hmm. I saw that coming, at least. I that's funny. I didn't see that coming. I mean, I think everyone saw a lot of things coming between Molly and Andrew. So you didn't this, see him getting season four for now. Getting tired of her. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I was gonna say. I think everyone saw it, right? Like I because we were all tired of her, at least in her relationship with <clears throat> yeah. Andrew. One thing that you said though, Stephanie, that I thought about was. I agree. In the beginning, she was questioning this man. I think she was questioning this man for various reasons, whether because he was non-black and then he was showing vibes like, I'm dating other people too. Like, I thought this was casual. She didn't start getting or investing till later on. And that's when you were like, hey, this is Andrew. Right? Like, I mean, there was even that moment where she didn't really introduce Andrew as her boyfriend. I don't even like to use the term boyfriend, but she didn't say, like, this is my partner, this is my whatever, my lo- whatever you want to say as an adult now. But yeah, uh, to, to the former or the young co-worker at the little party or kickback for her job she had to go to. So I thought that was interesting. But, you know, I think with Molly, I think about that when she was at the... Remember how when the, the episode before and uh, episode nine, the the the, psychi- or the psychologist asked her, like, so what could you have done differently? Honestly, this bitch knew she was wrong. Like she didn't even, she paused and she went right back to everybody else. (laughs) And then she was like, okay, read me. Um, Right. You remember that? I was like, girl, bye. The other thing with the biggest thing that I want to talk about is the tryst. Issa, Issa's tryst. She had Lawrence. She had Nathan. Actually, I need to not throw Condola. Why, 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 why is it a trist? Break that down to me. Why, why, why you say that? Why Literally, you... it's three. That's yeah, the... It wasn't at the same time. Yeah, but it's still the fact that like the back and forth before she even started dealing with Nathan. Let's get into it. I mean, before yeah, she started you know, dealing with Lawrence. Like the term, when you say her trist, it just, it, I don't know, it sends a negative message to me, but go ahead. I'm sorry. I Maybe. mean, no, don't say sorry. I disagree, but that's fine. Right. We're not right. monolithic. You don't right. like the word trist. I do. <laughs> <laughs> on to Issa's tryst <laughs> Issa has Nathan and Lawrence uh, what I thought was very interesting about this was the Lawrence Hive was like fuck them get it back together I don't want Lisa I said Lisa I don't want Issa and Lawrence getting back together I actually was feeling her and Nathan so I was like, okay, I want her to be with Nathan. I understand Nathan ghosted her. I understand the circumstances of her and Lawrence getting back together the way they did, which is really interesting. But I'm a little torn because the things that transpired and went down. Lawrence and Issa, I love the fact that, and this is one thing that we're going to talk about later on in the segment. I just love that in episode eight, the normalization, like normalizing healthy communication and how they basically just talk through what would things have looked like if we didn't break up? What would, where would we be now? And I like the transparency of, you know, um, Lawrence saying like, listen, like it was hard to see you get up every day and go to work while I, while I was here doing nothing like that, which is difficult to see. And I understand that, that people that identify in their masculinity as a cis hetero um, individual, that is something difficult to admit and, and, but, but, and acknowledge. And so I, I, I understood him. I knew where he was. I have seen that before with people that I have dealt with. Nathan, 
Nathan was cool. He was fun. He was just vibey. And I actually think he's attractive in real life. I get it. People could joke about the whole light skin thing. Um, light skin Negroes. But, you know, I think I think Nathan was cute and I liked who Issa was when she was around him. And so when he took that jet, so so Nathan's back in the picture. He ghosted her. But we found out why he ghosted her in the season finale. But it was funny how we found out, right? So Issa signed up to help Nathan unpack in his new apartment since coming back. And he was just like, oh, I thought you were done with him, right? Like, because she wanted to be respectful to like, hey, I'm seeing my ex again. And then the fact that Nathan was like, oh, I thought you was done with that nigga. Even though I don't like the N-word, but it was just the, the idea of, we've all been that person, like, deep down inside. You're like, damn, like, for real? I, like, I thought there was still some chance or opportunity yeah. for you and I. And so his feelings were hurt. He said things out of spite. Um, but, you know, he really made it clear that he wants Issa in his life as a friend. Um, but I want to I want to start with you, Chris, because uh, we've had offline conversations about you being steeped in certain socializations, which is fine. That's not a negative on you. But even just kind of relating to that standpoint of Lawrence and Issa, the things that he admitted to and where he is now. And I didn't even get into like the blow up of what happened with Lawrence and Issa, but we'll get there. But just your thoughts about like, even just like the Nathan, Issa, Lawrence situation, Lawrence and Issa dealing with each other again. So, I mean, I guess, I guess you want to get my thoughts on Lawrence and Issa, but getting back together. Yeah. Or well, but, uh, but even like the, the back and forth banter, like, you know, some people were just kind of like, would you go back to an ex? Would you deal with this situation? All those things. Yeah, I think we talked about this too. I remember, uh, I remember Stephanie was like, "Hell no, I'm done." I'm sorry, Stephanie. I just, I just came back. To, but, um, but no, I, I am the type of person. I've, I've always said this: if there's something there, if the chemistry is there and it's real, and we, the relationship ended because you know of something I did or something that it just things just went wrong but it wasn't because we couldn't work it was because of a mistake that was made or distance or or we were just in two different places you know if we come back together for whatever reason and you know i see this person i could definitely reconnect and resume or or seek building a, a relationship again and i thought they had good chemistry i did like them i was you know, there were points where I was annoyed with Lawrence for being so harsh. But then at the same time, I think about it for myself and I'm like, well, if it was me, how would I have reacted? And so, yeah, I definitely am glad to see that they aired it out. They talked to each other. You know, they really tried to, like, get everything out in terms of how they felt and and were able to pick up. And personally, I felt they really got along really well, you know, not to take anything away from Nate and Issa together, but I think that nothing can, you know, Nate can't ever be Lawrence and Lawrence can't be Nate. They're mm -hmm. two different people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, and Lawrence, what Lawrence brings to the table, the kind of history that he brings with Issa um, and the kind of knowledge, you know, as far as who Issa is, what she's rooted in, like knowing her moods and all that, like Lawrence, Lawrence is going to win hands down. You know, so I just I felt like the two of them together, uh, definitely. I, I was actually rooting for it to happen in the end. Stephanie, so Stephanie, what about you? Your thoughts about Lisa? I said, well, I don't want to keep calling her Lisa. <laughs> well, I guess Lawrence and Issa combined. That works. OK, 
Lawrence yeah. and Issa. <laughs> right. Because I think I saw it tweeting. That's what made me think about it um, on I like Twitter. That. I mean, but what are your thoughts about the three of them? Like your personal thoughts and, and whatever, who you were rooting for? You know, to be honest, I wasn't rooting for Issa to get back with either of them. Um, okay. Tell me, about, but, tell us why. Well, why you, y'all know, y'all already know how I feel about getting back with exes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Nathan wasn't even an ex, though. We have to have an exploratory discussion on this. I really need to dig deeper on this. <laughs> I just, listen, it's just not realistic to me, and I want to put emphasis on me because everybody doesn't feel the same. But, I mean, I think just being friends with somebody that you had a relationship with or a past with can be just as, to me, it's, it's just as fine. Um, you don't always have to go back or try and start over and do all that. But I wasn't rooting for either of them. Um, and it kind of frustrated me when Issa met up with Nathan and right away she's just off the bat like, well, I'm back with Lawrence. Like, <laughs> and it wasn't even nothing to me even seemed set in stone. But she was, you know, already blasting this new relationship. It's just, I don't know. I wasn't feeling it. So you were bothered by how quickly she came out the gate, like, so me and Lawrence are, you know, my ex and I are da-da-da-da. Like, you didn't like that. Like, you think she should have been easy? I think that she should have, she should have calmed down a little. Like, it was like you think like, she was moving too fast. She was, she was just so hyped, like, right away. It was just like, you know, ready to go tell Nathan and whoever else, the guy she went on a date with last Tuesday that she's back with her ex. Screaming but... from the mountaintops. Yeah. Nah, I don't even think it was that though, Stephanie, because when you think about it, I think it was the energy. I think her delivery was wrong. You know what I'm saying? But I think it was the energy she was picking up from, from Nate that made her say something, you know, like she felt compelled to say something because she was getting that vibe. The way he was moving was like, yo, mm. Man, you look like a, a meal right now. Like, I want to get, get at you. Oh, I, <laughs> you I definitely gathered that. That's okay. exactly. Yes, that's, yes. He was giving her yeah. those vibes, but I still don't yeah. think that she, you know, needed to jump right down his throat and, you know, sh- shout that she's back with her ex. Like, yeah, the delivery was wrong. She, but she just, I think she just wanted to not, I think she didn't want to be dishonest and she was being very good. Because remember, she got herself in a situation with Lawrence before with cheating and blah, blah. And she didn't want anything to happen. I did. I that agree. Compromise. I, I, I think that's all that stuff was racing through her head. And I'm just saying that obviously, I mean, I could be wrong, but I feel like if I, if I break it down, like that's what it was. Like she was like, Oh shit, I can't afford to let anything happen to fuck this up. Mm-hmm. I need to like, let him know like where I stand because she likes Nate. It's not like she didn't like him. She likes him. Yeah. I mean, she was really checking for him, you know? So, I don't know. I, no, I, I, listen, this is what I'll say to that, and and then we'll jump into the other piece and see how, if this takes Stephanie out, because you know how she feels about her exes and going back. But um, I definitely agree with, I think Issa was at a space and I understood exactly where she was. Like, I, like, there was something in my past that I have fucked up on and I wasn't honest with people about, and I have seen the fucking damage. The next person that out the gate that I was really interested in that really felt genuine, I was just like, okay, like I just let it out just so you had the agency of choice. And so I think Issa, I think it was fair for, I think also Issa, to your point, Chris, didn't want to be the person that fucked it up again, right? She didn't want that on her. She couldn't, she couldn't stand to have that looming. So, okay, fast forward, the conversation, no eggshells, that's what we're calling it. 
no eggshells, right? And Lawrence comes over, but we find out can- canola oil, aka condola, is uh she's pregnant. She's pregnant, and Lawrence is a uh is allegedly the father. And Issa, in in a matter of t- 48 hours, because I'm going off of the episodes, right? Two episodes. Devastated. Devastated. He got the job in San Fran. She was lit. Like, they were at whatever farmer's market or wherever they were. And then he comes over and he tells her that Condola told him that she was pregnant. I mean, like, even like the... Tra- like it was like the the process of like like her face and what she was saying like when they were well I rewatched it before we recorded and even like how the cutting back and forth bravo to the editor I was like oh like she was like where is this going where is this going where is this going when he said that Condola came over and everyone was done everyone was done that I think that took a lot of people out I think people were also a couple of people were jokingly saying um like. They were like, no, Insecure is not going to be the show that takes us down this road. If anyone watched the show, The Game, this is exactly what happened between Durin, Derwin, Melanie, and I, forget, I think the, the girl's name was Janae. So, um, which Jay Ellis happened to, he used to be on that show, but Melanie was played by T, Tia Maori. And it was a show about um, football players and, and their wives and girlfriends or whatever. And... Um, Derwin and and Melanie were like supposed to be engaged and all this other stuff and they had some problems he cheated on her but the woman that he ended up cheating on her with got fucking pregnant and people played the clip and I I instantly was triggered because I remember what I felt in that moment when we saw Tia Maori's character's face we were like what the fuck just happened and so it didn't hit as hard but that's what it reminded me of right and so it, I mean like Tia had I think I was in fucking tears I said oh I'm through I said, I can't believe, like, on the show, The Game. So when we fast forward, when we see it, I said, oh, shit. But I also said, there's no way I thought that they were going to have an easy road, uh, an easy walk down this yellow brick road back to being together. I just, it just yeah. didn't, it wasn't going to be realistic. There's no way you're just going to end the season finale. Lawrence and, and Issa get what they want. No, 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 no. I did think that it was just going to be Lawrence going to San Fran and then Issa having to deal with it. She took that very well and it didn't dawn on me that something else was going to happen. Okay, so Stephanie, I'm going to start with you because you know how you feel about exes. Somebody was like, I don't want to deal with all that. If you were felt, if you, okay, so erase that Stephanie doesn't want to fuck with her exes and she's in this moment that Issa's in. She fucked up in the relationship and the reason why this man that that eventually revealed to her that he had a ring for her um you know, wanted to be with her and she she fucked up in the relationship and they're finally at a place and, and they're different people than they were when they were together three years ago or three seasons ago. And they tell you this. What 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 is Stephanie doing? What I don't despise going backwards or going back to an ex because my exes are horrible people. It's just that I don't want to go backwards. And I feel like once you once you close that door and you have like people change change so much so often it's just it feels weird to me like it, I just I'm opposed to it and I think in that situation with Issa and Lawrence to me it's like the universe clearly does not want you two together <laughs> like, mm. give it a break like they're so they're so different now and I really like them as friends I think they could really just like work work out the space that they're in now um mm-hmm. I I 
I also think that this is like Lawrence's exit out of the show. <laughs> like, I think he's just going to. Oh, move. do you? I do. I think he's going to move. I think they're going to move him and write him out. Um, I don't see them having like, I don't see them having like a condola being pregnant, walking around. I don't see that for Insecure. Listen, uh, when I tell you we're going to get into that part, because I actually want to talk about season five predictions at the end before we get into the last segment. But I think that's interesting because I actually have not I have not seen that conspiracy theory on Twitter yet. Um, Chris, what are your thoughts about about Lawrence and Issa? And and, and if that was your situation, like the fact of like this, this person is pregnant and, and like there's another person that you're not like another two people that just got added to the mix when you are starting to rekindle and work on things. I think, I think, um, you know, I, I believe that nothing in life worth fighting for is easy, comes easy. Right. So, um, you know, so bottom line is anything good, anything that's good in life, you're going to have to work hard to get it. So you're going to have to go through a process of building and, 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 working hard, getting on, on your knees and scrubbing the floor and doing all the def- different things, lay the foundation and, and put in every, all, all the different types of work to get it done. Um, and I feel like, yes, while this is a challenge, uh, while this situation, um, you know, regarding the- no, 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 no. In terms of a challenge in the sense that it is um, the, the, the fact that now the relationship has to become that much, they have to work that much harder, right? Because Having now that he's he's going to be a father with another woman's mm-hmm. child, you know, he's going to have to. He's not just he has to work on being a father, and then also have to work on meeting the demands of this relationship. It's it, he's he's going to be split, right? But people do it all the time. Yeah, you know, but doesn't mean it's always healthy. You're talking about he's going to be moving out. He's going to be moving to a new city, new job, have to acclimate to that. He now has to father a child with a woman he doesn't want to be with while trying to rekindle something with an ex. This is, that's a fucking lot. That's too much. Yeah, yeah, like, he's a girl. But, but I'm saying, what I'm saying is, let me just make this point. Like, people have dealt with situations right. like that. And 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 grown and got married and built a life for them. This is not the first time something like this has ever happened. Right. You know what I mean. So so to me, I don't and see it, it as a, oh, it's done, huh? I said, and it won't be the last. Right. I don't. I don't see it as something that you know is a sign for them to quit. I just feel like if you really want it, and if they really want it to work, they can find a way to make it work. Um, Condola was very clear and she said, listen, this is not your responsibility. If you want it to be, then great. But I'm not, oh, I'm not holding you to that. Okay. And so I'm glad you brought that up. Cause that actually bothered me. That is so that, bothered. Yes, Georgia. Ooh, so bothered that bothered me. Girl. You was, act perfect. Well, I know, I, so I'm, I'm, I, I, I was, I've met, like, I actually had a woman years ago, uh, you know, um, asked me to father the child. She says, yo, you don't have to be involved and nothing like that. I just, you know, I'm ready. I don't want to miss my chance. And because I'm waiting for somebody to miss my chance to have a kid, I just, you know, just, yeah, I want you to be the father, but you don't have to be in the child's life. And I was like, what? Chris, you have a child running around out here in these streets. No, no, No. it didn't happen. I I didn't do it. I didn't I didn't do it for that reason because I'm not that person. There's no way a child can be out there for me and I am not in that child's life. So if there's any little Chris or Christina running around out there, please holler at me because I didn't know. 
Wow. I did not know. Let me stop. No. Said, but- <laughs> this is the thing that I found I found very problematic. Um, right. You know, in the in you even in the protests, you you saw signs being held by young black kids and even a, a, adults saying, "You kill my father, and then you make fun of me for not having one." I am never, ever going to be okay with a black woman telling a black man that I am not trying to trap you and it is okay that you don't have to be in this child's life. Fuck out of here. No, 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 no. Now, I'm not saying that you can force somebody, but to even purse your lips to say that, that bothered the shit out of me because we already, because of slavery, right? Like thinking about black as fuck, we already have issues that have not been corrected. And to tell a man that it's okay if you don't want to be in your child's life? No. Mm-hmm. Stephanie, I know you, you were saying the same thing. So what, what, what bothered you about that? Like that, I, I was irked. I was very much irked. I was, I was floored. I was like, wait, is she, first of all, the fact that she was like, um, I wasn't ready before. Like, okay, so when you was pregnant, you weren't ready for a baby. But now in this situation with Lawrence, who's moving, you're ready. Who, you're, who you're not with, you're ready and you're telling him, you can be as involved or not as involved as you want. Like, that's not an option. I just, I don't know if that's, if that's how it goes down in real life when people are really having these types of conversations, but. I think they are though, Stephanie, that's the thing. That's that's stemming from a real place. Like people have those conversations. This is art imitating life. Yeah. That's why it's bothersome to me. Mm -hmm. So, okay. then. Well, wild. I'm saying like I don't know if you thought that they've never those conversations never happened. I feel like those conversations do happen like, in real okay, life. Like, I know those conversations happen, of course. Those mm-hmm. happen, but like for where a woman is like basically okay, well you have the option to be here or not be here. I think any, I think all women should you know want their child unless the guy is like causing harm or something to be around their father or the other parent. I- hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, I think it's a cop out. Like, think about it. Like as, as anybody has been in a relationship, like, you know, you don't have, remember how Nathan said, you don't, you know, you don't have to call me back if you don't want to Right the day of her block party. It's to me, it was the same sentiment. Like you could be as involved or uninvolved in your child's life as you want to. Yeah, I'm and like, that, and that's so bothersome though, because it, mm-hmm. it's the other parent, right? So, and like, you're bringing an actual person, human being into this world. And if this person made that with you, they don't have an option. Mm-hmm. It's not a choice whether or not, you know? Yeah, that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. And I, and I think there's just enough, there's an, enough of us that are, and I say us, cause I am part of the black community and indigenous community, but that, um, that just don't have both parents in their lives. And I was fortunate to have both parents in my lives in my life. And, but some people don't, and that plays a role. And so, and, and, and our emotional intelligence and maturity and all these different types of things. But yeah, I just, I, I, it's just going to be interesting how some of this stuff plays out. Do you think Issa was, um, you know, was it fair for Issa to get upset? Absolutely. Mm Mm-hmm. She was, weren't her and Lawrence just on the date, like, <laughs> a few days ago? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think, I think her, I think her reaction, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to no, cut go you ahead, off. Go so. ahead. No, I mean, I was just saying that I think that um, her response, I went back and forth with it. I was like, did she overreact? But when I thought about it, when I thought about what this meant for the relationship and sort of how it was going to impact it. I, I think her reaction was justified. I don't think she overreacted. I don't I think she 
you know, it went from a place of, you know, this really great high to like, oh my God, like my world just like totally crashed because now like I have to like recalibrate and think about how we're going to move forward with you moving. It's not just where we're starting this relationship, but you're moving to another city, mm-hmm. right? Even though it's 45 minutes, a 45 minute plane ride. Um, and then now you're going to father this child and she knows Lawrence, like he's not, he's not an irresponsible person. So he's, if he's in, he's in, right. Um, at but least she, that's what I do. Love her. But yeah, she right? may no longer be in, you know? may no longer be in exactly so so i think the the see the, the next season is gonna it's gonna be very interesting very yeah. interesting yeah. i i, I think, um oh go ahead i was just saying i think Issa, her reaction is it's raw it's like how anybody else would react i think in my opinion like the man that you wanted that you want to be with now he's not only moving but he's having a kid with condola it, it's just it's messy <laughs> It, it does get messy. I think about something I thought about was, um, you know, uh, she definitely wasn't in, in, in every scope of feeling and reacting the way she wants to. I think the other piece of it is making sure people understand that we need to normalize honesty. Right. And we'll like I said, we'll get into that. But I, I just appreciated how honest he, he was with her, how honest he was up front like he just he just he said it he got it out the way he didn't let it linger he didn't let it be all these things and we i feel like we've had this this culture and i mean i think media has perpetuated this or entertainment or hollywood has perpetuated this that it's okay to be lied to or you know the the romanticization of being lied to but that's there's devastating fucking results from that and I would want to know, I would want to have the decision to say, like, do I still want to pursue my ex or do I actually, is this the sign of us needing to move on and just be friends, you know? Um, Lightly touching on this. I I mean, this is, oh, go ahead. I don't really think, though, that he had any other option but to be a friend, honest. He did, though. He could have just not said anything. Mm, She and Condola don't talk. Because think about it. Condola ghosted her when she was helping her. Um, because that got funky for her, um, with, you know, finding out that Issa used to date him and then she ghosted her for her block party, came up, she doesn't talk to Issa, their past, they don't have same friends, so, like, they don't have the same circle of friends, where, how else would she have found out? That's how I'm looking at it. How else would she have found out? Yeah, but even still, like, if he's not gonna tell her, then he would just have to also ghost her because if he's planning on forming some type of relationship with her, she has to know that information. Absolutely. But what I'm saying is people have whole ass wives out here also. Relationship. Right. Like that. <laughs> he could have kept it a total secret or he could have just, he could have waited until she's like six months pregnant. Cause he could have been like, well, what if she changes her mind? And no. well, what, if, what if something happens and the baby doesn't, you know, whatever, you know, she has, oh my God. you know, like, no, I'm not. Listen, I'm not saying it's. I'm not. But I'm just saying these are things that he could be kicking around in his head. He could be like, "Oh man, wow! I don't have to tell her. I could just wait. Let me just wait and see what happens." But the thing is, I, I, because she seems adamant about keeping the baby, there was no way that that wouldn't have eventually. Because like to tell me, to to tell me when you find out hurts, but it would have hurt. It would have hurt more if you told me when this bitch is walking down. I don't even want to call her a bitch, but this <laughs> this girl is walking down the street six months pregnant. 
that's different yeah, yeah. than two, three months pregnant, right? And right, so right, right. um they spent I'm the Huh? I'm glad he told her. Yeah, same. They spent the first half of the episode um looking for Tiffany. I don't connect with her character at all. But I understand that postpartum is real. I have a girlfriend that went through postpartum. Right, right. And yep. um, on my uh, Black and Nuance in HD episode um, with uh, Jasmine of Momdrogenous.com, which is a, a site that she used that became therapy for her because she's a single mother. Like she went through it as well. And so I know Tiffany and I were like joking. We were just like, damn, like the half the episode is spent looking for Tiffany. Like for real? I mean, I know. I connected the dots to other things, but I was just like, okay, at, at least I <laughs> You said what? That's cold. Why are you say it like that? What do you mean? I I mean, no, but I like you spend half the episode looking for because I mean, it's, it's, it's she's got to have a. I mean, I I saw that coming. Though, yeah, because we did. If you were watching it, you know, you saw. I knew that she was suffering from postpartum depression. All the things that she was saying and the way she was behaving and the fact that Kelly was always taking care of that baby, I knew that was happening. Absolutely. You know? and I don't want to so, downplay postpartum at all the, the thing is like i think all of us connect to different characters the way we do it was just right. like i to be honest like i wish i was like episode eight nine episode seven not, not the really, finale not the finale yeah but stephanie what about your thoughts well <laughs> i think spending 15 minutes looking for tiffany um I mean, I get it 100%, but I was hoping that when Tiffany opened the door, there was going to be like a man behind there. <laughs> I did too. Oh, I'm not going to lie. My mind went, my mind, my mind went there too. And the the jokes on Twitter were funny. They're like, so you mean to tell me she ain't got no nigga behind the door? Like, I was like, looking for all of juicy, that. Something in the finale. Come on. Something. Nah. But, see, nah, but see, the whole thing is, though, it's real life. This is some real life shit, right? This is yeah. this is real in terms of, like, women go through this, and this is something that's not talked about. So here you touch on a subject of Nate and his, you know, uh, is bipolar, right? That's what he said he was struggling yep. with? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. His, you know, his bipolar disorder, what he's dealing with. And now you touch on postpartum depression. I, I, actually, I actually thought it was really good for the show to do that because this is something that's though? not talked about. <laughs> maybe fine i hear what you're saying maybe they could have touched on it in a previous the episode, episode or Issa only gives us 30 minutes we had to deal deal with a whole week of racism okay we we need I, something I, I feel you i feel you i feel you but you know it's i i i personally it didn't it didn't affect me yeah. in terms of you know giving me a you know, getting me ticked off that, you know, they spent 15 minutes. I was, the whole thing to me was entertaining. Like, I enjoyed the show. Yeah, I mean, I think for me watching it the first time, which it was fine. Yeah, I agree with Stephanie. But I was joking with Stephanie. I was like, the rewatch, as I was rewatching it, I knew to ignore the first 15 minutes, though. Like, after we got past... Like, I would actually rewatch the whole thing. I enjoyed the whole thing. I I didn't mind that they were doing this search for her. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, I rewatched I, all of it. Yeah. Let's be clear. I rewatched all of it. But the parts that I kept right. paying attention to was by the time they got to her hotel room, that's when I started looking back at my TV because I was working on my computer. And so I was just like, okay. Right, right. They found her. Cool. We know how to get to her. Cool, cool. But no, not to downplay postpartum, but I at least had to bring it up because, again, we're still talking about the finale. Right. The last piece, Molly reaches out to Issa. And... 
there was like the parallels of Issa and Molly's worlds were crumbling without each other being in it. Did you did y'all feel that way? No. Yeah, and I see. I see this is why the storyline with them looking for um, uh, 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 Tiffany was so important, right? Because you remember that scene on the bus when they were both yeah. talking to I can't remember Tiffany's husband's name. What's his name again? I forgot. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that's messed up. But yeah, but hit, you know them talking to him, and it was almost like when they were talking to him about her and what you should do and how you be there and so forth. It was almost like they were talking about each other. Absolutely. So, I mean, yeah, we gathered that. that, that those yeah. dots connecting made perfect sense. And I, I actually liked how she was like so snobby about when Issa reached out and how this time around was just like, nah, girl, like now you don't have Andrew. Y'all, yes. y'all need each other, but y'all have to have a conversation in a real way that is impactful and can move whatever bump in the road you all have going on forward, right? And oh, wait, so- you thought, she, you thought she reached out because what? She She's having trouble with Andrew? You thought that's why she reached out? No, but I think it clicked. Andrew doesn't want to be with her. Like all the things started clicking with Molly and then, then she wants to circle back and have the conversation with Issa. Remember how she was an asshole about even meeting with yeah. her? And so the yeah. fact that like it ended with the the complete opposite, she was like, I'm, I'm so glad you came. So she mm-hmm. was softer in her tone um, right. to, to, to Issa. And Issa was already receiving of it, even though, like, Molly did all the things. Molly sent the text message to Issa by accident. Molly wasn't mm-hmm. trying to own up to things in counseling. Molly mm-hmm. didn't want to, to acquiesce and compromise and meet Andrew halfway. Molly, right. Molly, Molly, right? And so yeah. right. This, to see that, I you know, I think, I don't know how I would have wanted it to end, but I thought that was just very interesting. Um, that the the juxtaposition of like the the world's crumbling and mm-hmm. where Molly was and where Issa was and then now they're back to each other again. I have such any comments about that, Stephanie? I have such yeah. my feelings towards Molly because I was just talking to a friend the other day and they were saying that they enjoy Molly's character. I just think she's so mean to Issa, so it's hard for me to you know root for their friendship, um, mm. and then. For, to me, it seemed, the whole situation reminded me, we've all had a friend where they get into a relationship and they kind of go ghost. And then once the relationship is mm-hmm. over, they resurface. And that's how that situation- I've been that, per- I've been that person. Yeah, yep, but I've no one that appreciates that. And to see Andrew kind of, what it looked like, break up with Molly. And then now Molly's reaching out to Issa and she's so happy that she's connecting with her again. And it's like, it kind of seemed like mm. their relationship they had that conversation when they both are having issues, man issues. And it's like, I, I don't know. I'm not really champing. I'm not rooting for that. I think, I mean, I think so if, if we look back, I think, you know, Molly and Issa were having communication issues from earlier. And I think their, their issues really did stem from communication, poor communication, you know, um, you know, people feeling a certain type of way and not saying it. And then, you know, allowing time to pass, allowing time to pass, like that whole Thanksgiving period, you know, just, you know, Issa blowing off the get get together with Molly. They were supposed to chat about some things and Molly feeling some type of way because she's like, yo, she was looking forward to it. And then, boom, she blew off and she's like, all right, whatever. So it's like and then it just continued from there. And I'm saying, like, at the end of the day, 
you know, when you're a true friend and, and while I do have issues and I expressed this on the last uh, show, I, I, that I have issues with Molly and the way she treats Issa, Issa, I think overall, Molly hasn't been a bad friend to her. Like, you know, she checks for her, like they'll, they'll do things together when she's down. Like she takes out for our birthday. She tries to make her feel better. She's, she's protective of her. Even if, even if her protection is misguided, she's protective. So, you know, she's, that she just has her way about her. Like we have people like that in our lives that are somewhat complicated, right? They're not, they're not bad people. They just have a way about them, but then you still love, you still got love for them because you connect on other things. And, and that's the relationship between Molly and Issa. It's, it's that friend that you know for a long time. She got some little fucked up ways. She does some stupid shit sometimes, but you know, that's your girl. That's your ace. That's your ace. You know, like you, you guys will rock for each other. You do all the stuff for each other. Um, yeah, but, but and even when you fall out, you know. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, no, yeah. Go ahead. Continue. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I'm just saying. Even if you, even when you fall out, sometimes you could just come right back, pick up the pieces, and move forward. You know what I mean? But yeah. I don't. He's, Molly isn't always there. Okay, the whole situation with Molly not wanting to help Issa out with her event that really, really bothered me because I feel like if that's your mm. friend, that's your homegirl. Y'all been friends for years, and right. she needs you. Like she really. Issa really needed Molly to show up for her at that moment. That would have, something like that would make me want to distance, distance myself and contemplate whether or not I want to even continue a friendship with this person. It's like you, you could so easily look out for me and you choose not to. How do you really feel about me in your heart then? Right. But see, this is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying, communication. Because prior to that, remember, Issa blew Molly off. They were supposed to get together. Issa blew her off. There was, there was, there was like the vibes between them were totally off. It was the energy was bad between them. So when she came to Molly, it felt like some using shit. It felt like, yo, you know, you my girl. You gonna do? You know, I need you. Just and you, we you saw just elements of that. You know, and so, so at the end of the day, it's, it's understandable. I'm not saying it's right that Molly didn't try to help her, but it's understandable because Issa never came all the way clean and communicated like, look, I'm sorry about this. I'm sorry about that. I really should have been talking to you. I'm in this situation. Look, I know we ain't been fucking with each other. I know the vibe has been fucked up, but yo, you my girl. I don't know. I, I need your help. I really seriously need your help. We got to hash out a lot of stuff. Let's get together and do that. Like you got to put your 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 grown up pants on and say, "Yo, own your shit." Period. That's it. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's going to be well. While we're on this, um, real quick, season five predictions. What do you think is going to happen in season five? Um, Stephanie, I'll start with you. Well, I don't think that Lawrence is coming back. <laughs> I think he's going to move. Um, you really think he's not going to come back? I, I to me, it just seems like the writings all the on the wall are telling me that they're you know. They're making him exit stage left. Like he's taking a job. He's gonna become a father. I think now they're like, okay, Issa can find somebody else or maybe start mm-hmm. something with Okay. Nathan. I don't know if that's gonna happen between those two, but okay, Chris, what about you? Well, I think, you know, after I audition, I'll be on season five. No, we stop. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um no, I I think I I think um uh yeah, I'm not 100%. I really feel like they should be bringing, I, I'm hoping they bring, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> Lawrence back. And I'm hoping that, you know, they let this whole thing play out because I kind of, it, it's it's going to spice it up even more, right? You know, it's going to be a little drama, a little juiciness, a little, a little just, 
life shit, little more life shit happening. And that's what it's about. All of this, this show is about life. It's about real life situations and how things happen between friends and lovers and all this other stuff. So yeah, I'm here for it. I'm here for all of it. So I want to see it. I want to see Lawrence back and I want to see Nate still back. I want to see, I want to see the whole shebang. Everything. You see yeah. The I mean, in a nutshell. <laughs> I said, you want to see the game? What'd you say? The show. Yeah, I want to see the game. No, uh, no, no, it's, it's not even a game. I just, I just hey, listen. Like, this is what life is about. There's, no, I meant like, I meant like the game, the show with. Uh... Oh, the game. Oh, yeah, yeah, the game. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I guess he's kind of gonna kind of be like, ah, yeah. I, get I think, I think this. I think we're going to see. Uh, obviously, we'll see the what happens with the postpartum. Does Does Tiffany get through it and their relationship? Right. I think we're going to see Lawrence and Issa actually go further apart. Um, and Issa's going to kind of really decide that maybe she she's stronger than what she thinks she is and she can stand on her own. And, and she may not even deal with Nathan either. What I don't want to see, and we'll see if that, this happens, I just don't want to see her backsliding for, for because she feels like she needs to fill a void. And then I think um, her and Molly will either become stronger or this will be it for them. Mm. So lastly, before we go into this last segment, you know, they're turning the Looking for LaToya, the end show series into a podcast. So I thought that was really interesting to see. I was just like, they are, oh. uh, they're playing off of it. I was like, I'm not mad. Like, get it. Oh, right? Like, why you have the, why you have the hype on it? Yeah, real quickly, because I found the link. I read it today or to, like I said, today's Tuesday. Where is it? I just want to really quickly show. Um, so HBO, um, Issa Rae's radio label. And uh, Tenderfoot TV are all coming together to bring that show to life. Um, and so Tenderfoot TV is, um, they're the ones that came out with To Live and Die in L.A. And she said she was really inspired by that. And so LaToya is played by SZA. So that's going to be interesting on how that plays out. They have a, a snippet of it, but I think it's only going to be, it's a one episode. I don't know how they're going to play, like roll it out, but I think they're going to get people to, to buy into to what's, what actually happened with LaToya. So, okay, okay. Get, getting into this last segment called All of the Things. Uh, I wanted to bring up, you know, normalizing um, has been like my word of the week uh, because I kept seeing different things. Not even of the week because it's only Tuesday, but like even of last week. So there was this tweet that came out that says we need to normalize telling men they're bad at sex. And you know that, and telling a man, a cis hetero man, that he's bad at anything like that opens up the floodgates. But anything that like where his ego may really be attached, not all men, some. And so I know I went on there, and my tweet kind of picked up a little bit more than I expected. And my response to that was, um, I said the egos of some, and I had to put some in all caps because men get so fucking offended. Like, ah, oh, you're you're generalizing, even though men generalize women all the time mm-hmm. on social media. But I said the egos of some of these men, boy, some aren't emotionally equipped, unfortunately, with hearing that they're not good at something in general. We need to normalize healthy communication on both parts. And so Absolutely. I wanted to talk about things that we need to normalize and stop normalizing. And that was the first thing, normalizing telling your partner, uh, wanting to be inclusive, telling your partner that they're not good in bed. What are your thoughts on this? Uh, Chris, I'll start with you because we've talked about this like briefly. What are your thoughts on telling your partner um, and hearing the feedback as well, as far as like telling your partner that they're not good in bed or, you know, you hearing it. I'm a real dude. I'm not about no, like no bullshit, whatever. Straight up, no chaser. Like if we're having, you know, we're in a relationship, 
all communication is open. We need to talk. We need to we need to converse. Like the issues, hash it out, put it on the table, talk about it. If if we're you know having a, a an intimate relationship or romantic relationship, sexual relationship, and you know I suck, I want to hear it. You know if I if I didn't do something right, if you know if if my game was off, like yo, tell me, yo babe, what's what's up? You alright? Your game is off, like. Maybe I'm stressed out. Maybe that maybe I'm going through some shit and I'm not paying attention. And you telling me makes me like, oh, word, yeah. Because at the end of the day, it's the two people are supposed to gain pleasure from that experience. Right. It's not you. So it's selfish to suck, and you know you get your nut and she gets what you know, or vice versa. So both parties, it's imperative that you communicate. I want I want to know. I don't want I don't want you to fake anything with me. I don't want you to pretend. I want you to tell me. My ego can take it. I mean, look, am I gonna be feel some type of way if you say it? It's depending on how you say it. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I have my sensitive ways where I be like, oh shit, that why 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 you have to say it like that for? You know, whatever, whatever. But then when I stop and think about it, I'm like, yo, I'm glad you told me because now I can correct it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Has that has anyone ever told you? I think a real man would would own his shit. You said, has anyone ever told you? Yeah, me? I mean, yeah, I, I think I think. Saying, no, saying, no, no, no. Well, what I was going to say, Chris, saying real man is debatable, but I know it's not debatable for you. I just wanted to say that because the people define that differently. Well, don't get me started on another. We're topic. not doing that. No, not time. tonight. No, no. We don't have time. Um, but has that but, been said to you? It has been said to me when I when I first started, you know, as younger and you know having sex, having relationships, and so forth. Yeah, you know, I needed to learn. There were things that I wasn't, you know, as comfortable with, so I needed to learn. And I'm grateful that it was said because now I understand, you know, what that whole the relationship is supposed to be about. Because, you know, when you're young, you just you know, it's just you think it's all about you. You know, it's not about you. It's not it's about it's about us, you know, the two of you and that experience. So having learned that, you know, having been told that and gotten the chance to correct it now, it's I feel like, yeah, I'm not there's nothing selfish about what I do. You know, I just feel like, oh, my bad. Go ahead. Yeah, that's it. That's it. I was going to say, if if young boys were even like at the age of like having sex, if young boys were even taught to still please the other person, even if they feel like they have to sow their oats, still imagine Mm -hmm. like if you were still out here pleasing other women, I I just I think you you will get, you know, you catch more bees with honey. Uh, And that's kind of like the analogy I think about. Stephanie, what about you? Have you ever been in a situation where you were told that you needed to correct or you needed to tell somebody? And then your thoughts about just even normalizing and saying that to your partner. Okay, so when I first, when I saw this question, because, you know, you sent us the rundown, my first thought was I didn't know that this was still a thing. Um, And I feel like a lot of the times... (laughs) It is. I didn't know a lot of times when you mentioned tweets or like I already see them I didn't see any tweet like this or anyone talking about this on my timeline I just think like uh why aren't people why are we still having this conversation like why aren't people being upfront with their partners about their level of satisfaction um I'm guilty I have not been vocal at yes, mm-hmm. all ever I guilty <laughs> you're doing a disservice. You're doing a disservice to your to your absolutely, and then to future women. Okay, like so. Yeah. Part of me wonders for myself, right? Part of me wonders if, um, because I was prude and um fell into things a lot later than some people may have, and I know people are really were into self pleasuring, and that wasn't the thing that I did, and also knowing that I needed to discover and 
explore my own body. And I didn't do a lot of that either. Right. And so like, I had this idea that a man was supposed to do that or like, because I identify as this hetero, a cis hetero man was supposed to do that and take me there. And then everyone's just like, well, you have to know what feels good for you and this, that, and the third, how can you direct someone else? And so I've just really been thinking about this more and more uh, and that, that I actually do need to be more upfront. I remember a guy I was dealing with, I literally wanted to say something to him and I looked him in his, in his eyes and I was like, uh, and I, I couldn't say it. I just, I could not say it. I wanted to ask him something. See, I, just, I think it did not, mm. I couldn't do it. I don't know why. And to I think me, a lot of it had to do with shame around sexuality for me, like just different things and that I have to work through. I think a lot that might be subconscious. I think um, a lot of times, though, women have to feel more empowered to say something. I think just the way the world is in society, women feeling like they don't really have a say. And I think Mm -hmm. I think we just this whole these type of conversations need to be normalized, like Georgette's favorite word of the week. Um, Uh (laughs) But for real, like. You know, women should not, if you're not satisfied, you have, you need to say something. Men don't have, it. I mean, I don't think men have an issue with saying something if they want something or if it's not up to their liking. I know. And I think that even goes back to the whole history of like the suppression of women's voices too, right? I mean, it's super steeped. Um, And because I started off in Catholic school, I think a lot of that had to do with where my prudeness started. Um, <clears throat> and then me feeling conflicted with that. Cause I felt like as a woman, like we are sexual beings. And then as a Caribbean woman, I felt like, and that's saying like, I have to be out here being sexually fluid and free and that's fine. But I just, we just, it was so taboo of a conversation. I never I don't have these conversations with my parents. So now it's like I, I talk through certain things with girlfriends and 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 things of that nature. But yeah, that was something that I thought was really interesting because I was just like, oh, watch out, the toxic masculine, you know, masculine um, threat. Like tweets are about to come through, like flood her well, or, see, her thing. Listen, like like you know, there. I, I I listen. I you know, I'm not gonna harp on this, but I think they're men and they're men. All right, and and so so i think if you are really true to yourself as a man and you you understand that these types of conversations should happen and you should be talking you know to your partner about this stuff and you should be encouraging your partner to feel open to talk yes. about this so you know like for example if if georgette if 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 it was a situation where i knew that my partner you know grew up, you know, she's, you know, went to Catholic school. She had all these reservations and was more and more conservative in her approach. Then I would do what I can to coax her to, you know, sort of get her to like really feel comfortable about expressing herself mm-hmm. by, by sparking conversation. And so from there, now we get to a place where, you know, two years into the relationship, it's nothing. We just, we talk about mm-hmm. it and it feels normal. Mm-hmm. And that's what, that's what partners are supposed to do for each other. Mm-hmm. But well, that also is something that needs to be taught. Like men need to be teaching their boys. Women need to be teaching their boys. Me, uh, men and women need to be teaching their daughters. Like every the, the the communication has to start too from from youth. You know, from your young and growing up. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So, Absolutely. Yeah. The other thing, I mean, I think that ties into the last couple of points I want to make. We just need to normalize healthy communication. I also want us to normalize not being fucking lied to or feeling like you have to lie to people to get what you want 
or or to save face. And this actually was inspired by a personal conversation Stephanie and I had and not to even put her business out. But I just felt like sometimes people feel like they have to fucking lie to get what they want. You'll be surprised that somebody might want the same shit that you want, which might not even be anything, right? Like no strings attached or it might be something similar. I just, I just, I, that I can't rock with and it bothers me because this has been something like, that creates more trauma in somebody else, you know? Mm -hmm. And I just, I just, we need to normalize like not lying to each other to get what we want or to save face. Right. I think it's always about how you say things to how you say things to people. And I know I've over the years have had to work about on work on how I've said things to people if I disagree or whatever, but, but yeah. So I just wanted to kind of wrap up that the bow on that. And if you all had any final um, comments before we get out of here. About I'm about normalization. You're about what? Normalize. I'm about normalization. Normalize the normal. No, we stop. I'm about to say normal is subjective, but <laughs> no, 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 no. I know, I know what you're I'm just, no, I'm just being silly. Yeah. But I'm, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. There's definitely a, we we just there's a lot that we need to start doing. And you know, Stephanie, I, I get what you're saying about you know you didn't know it was still a thing, but it's still a thing because unfortunately these types of behaviors for whatever reason, we're, we're still suffering from uh, a number of issues, you know, all types of different trauma. And so communication has always been a problem. And it, it seems like it continues to be a problem. Mm -hmm. You know, just the whole, you know, black men communicating with, with black women and vice versa. And, you know, black men understanding what their role is and, and how they should protect black women. And it's, it's you know, there's a, just a lot of things like that's I, that's something I want to see normalized. Right. You know, because you and I had that conversation earlier. Like, I want to see the normalization of black men realizing, understanding what their responsibility is and protecting and preserving black women. Right. That's what I want to know. But. Okay, Stephanie, so what are your thoughts, your your final thoughts on um, normalizing honesty, just communication, not being lied to, to save face, to get what you want, all the things? Um, well, I want to second what Chris says, um, but also I want to normal. I think that what needs to be normalized is having uncomfortable conversations. Mm. I think a lot of times people... Um, when it gets to a point where they don't know what to say or they don't know how to say it. And instead of actually saying something, you know, they just, it, they shy away from the uncomfortable conversation. So I think that's something that we need to normalize. Okay, read um, me, mentee. Relationships. Read me. <laughs> Let me stop. Yeah, no, I feel that. But then like, but no, then we like, we let things uh, fizzle mm -hmm. or we don't say anything or at fester, all. Or fester, yeah. You know, develop, exactly. Then we develop resentment. It's just like, let's get these uncomfortable conversations out the way. Right. Absolutely. So yes, to both Chris and Stephanie's sentiments, we just need to normalize things that are healthy, all the way from communication to uncomfortable conversations. I think she read me a little bit, but I'm okay with that because I know that I need to have those conversations, especially in relationships that I am trying to, um, that, that I want to be fruitful. Okay. So real quick, Chris, starting with you, how can they find you online? All right, so you can find me at Chris Factor on Instagram and Twitter. That's C-H-R-I-S-F-A-C-T-O-R. Thanks for having me and looking forward to uh, hanging out with you guys again because it was a lot of fun. Stephanie, how can they find you online? So you guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Stephanie, S-T-E-P-H-A-N-I-E-E-P-O-W. That's my name on all platforms. Thank you so much to Stephanie and Chris for joining me and coming along for the ride. Season four, 
of Insecure Man. To be honest, it's one of my favorite seasons yet, and I can't wait to see what happens with season five. And that Looking for Latoya podcast, I have to admit, I'm definitely going to jump in there and see what's good. You can find me on Twitter at Georgette, G-E-O-R-G-E-T-T-E, and Instagram at Georgette Pierre. You can find the show on Twitter and Instagram at Black Nuanced Pod. That's Black N-U-A-N-C-E-D Pod. Find me on Apple Podcasts, Anchor, iHeartRadio, Google Play, TuneIn, and Spotify at Black and Nuanced Podcast. You can also email me at blacknuancedpod at gmail for questions, comments, feedback. Also, want to let you know that I've rolled out a new series, a visual series or a visual extension of my podcast called Black and Nuanced in HD. I have been rolling it out or rolling out snippets on IGTV, YouTube, my Facebook page. So wherever you live, whatever your favorite social media network is, you can find uh, the snippets of Black and Nuance in HD. I filmed six episodes and I had rolled out the first four episodes, at least on all the platforms I just named. So if you want to watch full episodes, they are available on my Patreon page. I am on Patreon under George Pierre. And it's only $5 a month. Your support as a patron will contribute to my production company's goal to positively contribute to the black experience. $5 a month, that's it. You get early and exclusive access to various digital series and black and nuanced podcast-related content. Behind-the-scenes look at the creative process, creative process input with my patron-only polls, ad-free podcast episodes, monthly live Q&As answering industry-related questions, and patron shout-outs on the podcast. And special shout-out to Phoebe. AJ and Alexis, thank you all so much for coming along the journey with me. I just, I appreciate you all for supporting me and just supporting black owned businesses and black creatives in general. Again, all of that I just named $5 a month. I thank you so much for your support. As I transition into my next journey, Black and Nuanced in HD, visual extension of my podcast of the same name, which you are listening to. Listen, these have been some fun interviews. I plan to continue turning it up a notch as I go along creating this content. I want you to join the ride. Again, $5 a month on Patreon. Listen, we spent that in in a day, in an hour. So $5 a month, patreon.com slash Georgette Pierre. And let this ride out. I've been in a mood lately. Insecure just put me in a mood. And I dumb, I discovered this song called Two Steppin' by John Gibbs. The song is two years old, but it's as if the song came out yesterday. And so I just, I am romanticizing about black love. And this song puts me in that mood. And I know <laughs> some of us had our feels about the season four finale. So ride out. Shout out to John Gibbs and this beautiful ass song shit we deserve okay we deserve <laughs> until the next episode peace
Stepping with my baby in the limelight. Hey, I found my way. I know I found my way. But now I know my enemy. Was living in an enemy. And you, you gave me faith. You saved the day. I'm living off your energy. I'm living. 